When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. I was so pumped up to try to get that out. Stumbled over another. Jesus. I hope that's not going to be a sign for a lot of mistakes coming, Phil, because uh, I could really you go for a, a gaff-free day, if you will. Guys, I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, and always here with the host of the final buzzer, a Mr. John Kilkowski. Trade deadline, not this Friday, but next Friday. Things are going to start to heat up. I wonder if we really start to see some deals within the next, I would say, two to three days maybe like the early early onset of the trade deadline usually each deadline there's that like period maybe just about the week before where you start to see a couple of deals filter in so let's uh let's see what happens with that all right uh anthony is saying that right now we're not on on x or twitter so hopefully uh i could get that fixed um, it says that we're that. It, it says that we're checked on there. It's up, up top. I don't know why. That's weird. Uh, this is a technical technical thing at the moment. We will it's check. Not, it's on not a Mark thing. Mark, Mark gets a pass here. Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll get a I'll get a, a, a mini pass. Uh, a mini it's, pass. <laughs> it's a bathroom pass. All right, guys, we got a lot that we're going to be covering today, so why not just go to the A block? We should be joined by Mr. Anthony LaRocco soon enough. Um, that we got, like I said, a lot that happened this week. The New York Rangers had a 10-game winning streak, extended it, and, of course, lost to the last-place team because that's the way it always works. And, of course, Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are available. And... Yes, they're right there. Also, we do have the shirts. Click the links below, guys. And the A Block is always brought to you by SeatGeek. Use the promo code BigAppleHockey for $20 off your first order. And, of course, I got some articles that are up there, including one I'm going to be referencing in Bar Talk called Is Reunited Really So Good? And could... I will eventually have one on there. Yes. We're going to talk about the most underrated single seasons by New York Rangers. So it's something that Mark and I were talking about on the bus on the way to the stadium series. I will be putting that article together. So that'll be my first article for the podcast uh, website. All right. And uh, 
So there is still a, a plethora of stuff we have to go over. We also have to go over the Islanders and a huge win over the Dallas Stars when things weren't looking so good for them. But, Phil, the New York Rangers extended their streak to a league um, second high because the high is, of course, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the, the second longest streak in the NHL. Uh, when they beat the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday afternoon, 10 in a row for the Rangers going all the way back to before the All-Star break. And uh, then they had it snapped at Columbus. Look, their Columbus, that Columbus game, that wasn't a good game, but it kind of showed some of the flaws that the Rangers have. But, Philk, are the Rangers showing that they are the team to beat in the Eastern Conference? If this was a bar talk, I would say it's a beer. And I, they showed signs of some, they showed some good signs, I should say, in in that ten game winning streak. The fact that they were, you know, down in some of those games and they came back to win, and they they exuded some real good traits in that Islander game at the Stadium Series, which we were at. Anyone who was there, it was great to meet all of you at that. Um, I didn't get to do a, uh, a stream last week, so I wasn't on there. But I, I, I do like, I do like the uh, the traits that they have shown. The good traits um, they are still showing bad traits, as in slow starts. They're getting outscored in first periods, and it, they're not showing up in first periods, and that that's a big problem for this team. And I, I don't understand it. And it's happened across three coaches now over five years. And it, it still continues that that has to stop and come playoff time. That cannot happen. So no, David Wood, we are not over the season against Columbus. They had that comeback win against them. Remember where they yeah, had the one without the year. minute and they yeah, tied the game yeah, late. Yeah. yeah. So they, they won that game against them. So, no, they are not over the season against Columbus. But, yeah, the Rangers, they rise up to the occasion and they play the good teams well. And this season they have shown a propensity to not show up against the bad teams. Columbus, San Jose, um, Buffalo, you know, it, 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 Washington when Washington was bad earlier on. I mean, so they they have a habit of of doing those types of things. I, I like what I've seen in the good parts of it. I, I think there are still things that need to be addressed. They still need to address defense. They still need to address right wing. And obviously, these are trade deadline things that they'll have to consider. But um, internally, I, I still wonder about their leadership group. I, I don't get how this team fails to show up against bad teams and then starts flat every game. So still things that they have to fix. Phil, it's a, it's amazing about this team because they do so many things well, and they got they got a couple players that are still underperforming. Mika Zibanejad has one even strength goal since Christmas. He needs to be back. Chris Kreider, I know he's your you like to always bring up Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider needs to be better. Uh, Vinny Trocheck has been incredible, so I'm not calling him out. But even with what they got limited. You need to get you need to get at least some offense out of Barkley Goudreau. I'll defend his defense all day, but you need some offense out of him. And then you're starting to see some flashes out of 
Lafreniere and Kako right now. And it's not a surprise to me that Lafreniere uh, going into Saturday with six goals in his last 10. So now it's six out of his last 11. And at the same time, Kako had a five game uh, point scoring streak that you were seeing those guys that right after Lafreniere scored, if you remember, Kako hits the goalpost, could have made it two nothing. It, those two guys have to start stepping up a little bit more. I like what you're seeing out of Will Cooley. They get an unexpected goal out of uh, Matt Rampe, who's the tallest town Yeah. Everybody's all, oh, hey, Rampe is all this. I, I let's, let's all pump the brakes because if the Rangers acquire anybody in at the trade deadline, they're going to be um, – they're going to be right there. I love it that I'm getting a I'm getting a, a message. Somebody's got access to my iPhone, so I'll be checking that in a moment. Um, <laughs> so that's a great thing. Um, hopefully, I mean I don't understand why anybody would ever pretend to be me, Phil. But then you go to the Columbus game. Look, second game of back to back, ten game heater. You're on. They lay a stinker. Okay. Now you got to be Columbus tonight, and as Dave did say. They're one, two, and one, and Columbus just gives them fits. Look, if your matchup that doesn't really favor you is a team that's not that you're not going to see the playoffs, by all means, go ahead. I want to know how the Rangers are going to do against Boston, Florida, Philly, and Carolina. And right now, they all got they got good records against all of them, except I think the one game against Florida they lost. But they're showing that they could do it. Now, what you also want to see is you want to see holes because you want to know where to fill the gaps when the trade deadline comes next week. Bill and I are going to give our thoughts on that, and hopefully Anthony is going to be joining us on that one as well. But let's pivot, Phil. Let's go over to the Islanders because the Islanders were 1-2 and two last week. Right now, 62 points. They're tied for sixth in the Metro They're with the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Devils are ahead of them. The Capitals are ahead of them. I wish Anthony was here, and I'm going to take his point of view, and hopefully he'll be on here soon enough. But when it comes to the Islanders, they're at a crossroads right now. Should they be buyers? Like, should is the question here. Would I? I would buy small, if anything, from the Islanders. I'm not convinced that this team is a team that should be going and making big moves. I'm not. They, they just don't show me enough to the point where maybe they could win a playoff round with the right move. But I'm not sure about that afterwards. And you, you could always turn around and say, oh, well, what if Sorokin gets hot? Because hot goaltending wins in the playoffs. Yes, that that is a possibility. Uh, and, I and he's know good enough to steal a series or two. He is. He, he absolutely is. He's one of the best in the league. I still say he's one, still one of the best in the league despite this down year because I, I, a lot of goaltenders across the league are having down years. This is a big time year for NHL scoring. Scoring has gone up over recent years. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash Ilya Sorokin for not having the greatest year when a lot of goaltenders aren't. But I, I do think that if he gets hot, yeah, he could steal them a series, possibly even two. But I don't really like the build of the rest of the team. I don't think that they're great. I, I, I think they need a legitimate top six winger. And really the one guy that's available is Jake Gensel. And I don't think the Islanders have the assets needed to, to get Jake Gensel. 
So if they want to go and make small moves to kind of improve their depth, okay. I mean, that's not a terrible thing, you know, depending on what you're giving up and, and you know, the caliber of assets you're giving up. Because remember, they don't have a lot of assets. They don't. They, their cover is kind of bare in terms of profit. They have all their draft picks. They have all their draft picks. Yeah, they're only missing, what, three draft picks in the next three, three years? Three draft picks, yeah. And I think two of them are in this year, right? I think yeah. it's the fourth and the seventh they're missing? The third and the seventh, and I think it's the second round in 2026. Yeah, so it's it, it's not a lot of draft picks that they're missing, but if you continue to go down that road and you continue to give up draft picks when your prospect depth is arguably the worst in the league, that that's not a good... That, that's not sustainable moving forward. And the Islanders need to get to some sort of level of sustainability where they have prospects, they have first round picks, and they're able to kind of supplement their team. Because, I mean, look at Simon Holmstrom. Simon Holmstrom has come up and it's been an absolute revelation for them. And I know that he's not a big time scorer, but he's become one of the better penalty killers in the league. And he's become a good middle six option. The Islanders need young players to come up and support that lineup. Like how Renby and Edstrom and, and you know have come up and really kind of given the Rangers a shot in the arm. The Islanders need that. So I, I'm looking at someone like Ruslan Iskakov. And why haven't they? And I'm going to say it again because I, I've said it in the past. Why is he not up with this team? Why is he not up? That's, to me, that could give them a shot in the arm without having to go outside of the house and trying to get an, another player and give up more assets to do it. So I don't I don't necessarily think they should not be buyers, but I am not I'm doing anything but going all in if I'm the Islanders. I and Lula Morello doesn't seem to know anything but going all in with this team and just surrendering more assets at the deadline and you know and getting players that aren't true needle movers. Like if you're gonna go all in. Surrender everything you got to go get Jake Gensel. You want to be ballsy. You want to make that move. You want to you want to prove to your fans that you really care about making that next step and going for a Stanley Cup. Okay, go get that guy then because that's exactly who they need. Now, I'm glad you said a lot of that because actually, for me, Lou doesn't seem to always do the all-in move. Like a few years ago, I think the all-in move was Taylor Hall. He decides to do Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac, and get some more I don't depth. think there was a massive difference in price, though, between those two, so it's... Might not have been, but I'll tell you one thing about this year. I think Pittsburgh would ignore the Rangers if they called. They might listen to the Islanders, because right now the Islanders are below them or even with them. So there's a chance of them actually gaining ground in the draft, even regardless how they play even though teams don't necessarily trade within their own division. We're going to have another spot for Jake Gensel coming up soon, everybody. We'll talk to you about that in a second. But there's – there's the Islanders are a bit of a conundrum to me. And, again, I wish Anthony was here to help balance us off, but you look at Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson is the most interesting thing. Good. We got Anthony Rich. coming on in a second. Yeah. Um. Anthony, you, you actually came on right at the right time. Right? You, did you literally time. hear me say, God, I wish Anthony was here for this? I didn't know. <laughs> All right. Well, Anthony, here's the question that I have for the Islanders, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna finish my point, and then I'm gonna get to you. 
Because you're gonna, I know what you're gonna tell me. The Islanders have to go all in. That's what they have to do. It's that simple. They're built to go all in and try to go for a cup because that's what their core is. But you, I can't help but look at this team and go, if you gave up, if you sold on Brock Nelson, probably at his highest point, his contract is fantastic. He's got one more year. Great guy. I know what your plan is going to be, and don't worry. I, I'll let you fill in that gap. But if you sold on Brock Nelson right now, you can help rebuild this franchise, a little soft reboot, and they, they can be back in contention. I mean, a real good team in, in a very short time, maybe as early as last year. But, Anthony, should the Islanders be buyers right now? Next year, you mean? Next year, that's what – well, mm-hmm. they, they <laughs> could – this year they're in contention, but right now they're tied for sixth. I'm talking about their top three teams in the Metro. So um, it's basically where we're at. Uh, there's there's two things you have to remember about Lou Lamorello. He doesn't sell, and he doesn't use buyouts. So any Islander fan that's uh, beating the drum for him to sell, it's just it's just not happening. Um, it's not in his it's not in his DNA. Uh, he didn't do it when they missed the playoffs the first year at UBS. Held on to his guys. Um, selling Brock Nelson's a pipe dream. Uh, Nelson is, you know, a very good player. And just like the, the year they missed two years ago, he he likely feels that even if they miss this year, they'll get back in next year, in which they did. They got in last year. So Nelson's not going anywhere. Um, should they be buyers? I mean, listen, they're, they're, they're seven points out. The unfortunate part about it is Philly won last night. You know, it could have left the Islanders with the opportunity to get within three points with them if they beat Detroit. Uh, tomorrow now philly i believe philly's idle tomorrow i don't think they're i'm not sure if they're playing uh which means the islanders could get that back down to five points if they beat detroit so you know they're they're right they're right on that that teetering line philadelphia is not playing tonight what what i what i think what i think is happening is that lou Lou's going to be a buyer, but not in the sense of what you think. Like he's not going to trade a first round pick or assets for a rental. Like he didn't pass like Palmieri, Pajot, and then he had re-signing him. I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, I think if he makes a trade, it's going to be for a guy who will help them now, but also help them in the future. And that's why I think he's hot on the tail of Shane Pinto. I can tell you they've scouted Ottawa for consecutive nights. The belief is that they like Pinto. They like Norris. Uh, we'll see what com- if anything comes to fruition. Uh, you know, Frank Vitrano is another guy. He's under contract for another year. So the- these are their instances where I think he would he would make a move, um, again, with eye- with an eye towards the future. You won't – what I could tell you is you won't see him trading for, like, Adam Henrique or or anybody like that. Um, that's not happening. But uh, I do think that he is going to look to add. Um, and now, look, you know, the trade deadline's nine days away. You know, who, you know, if all the chips fall in the aisles' favor, let's say they win a couple games, Philly, Tampa Bay lose, you know, maybe come the deadline you're talking, you know, two or three points – then maybe that changes a little bit and he would be open to like a traditional rental. But my, my guess is that he's, he's going to be looking at guys who uh, will help them in the future too. So it's kind of like, 
you know, it's similar like last year, you know, so the Capitals, they weren't making the playoffs yet. They traded for Rasmus Sandin, um, you know, Canucks traded for Philip Hironic, uh, even though they weren't necessarily going anywhere. So the, the trade deadlines kind of morphed. Um, it's not really so much about buyers and sellers anymore. You still see teams who aren't making the playoffs that make moves with an eye in the future. So I think, I think that's kind of what his mindset is right now. Uh, if he can get a Pinto, if he can get someone like that, he's going to do it. But um, he's not going to be, like I said, he's not going to be trading for, you know, Adam Henrique or Noah Hannafin or anybody like that. Which it's funny hearing him, hearing you say he's not going to trade for Adam Henrique, a guy who Lou drafted in, um, in New Jersey. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't think he's going to take any expiring contracts. But, uh, Phil, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I was basically saying what Anthony was saying. They're not going to be an all-in type team. Um, I, I don't – I mean, I think if anything, they make smaller moves. They may go after a rental. I would I, – I, I'll still lean towards Anthony's intel because Anthony is more connected to it than I am. But um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they – found a deal that they couldn't pass up on a rental. Let's just say it was, I don't know, maybe someone like Alexander Barabana for like, I don't know, like a fifth round pick. Like, I, I think I could see them making that type of move, but I, I can't see them going and giving up a first round pick for a rental. I, I'm, I'm with them on that. I, I, I do. I, I, I don't think Lou is going to sell. I, I don't think he's going to stand. Pat. I think he's going to add, but I think the ads are going to be either smaller or they're going to be somewhere along the lines of what, like Anthony said, an eye for like the future. So something like a Philip Horonic type move, you know, or, you know, even the Bo Horvat trade, you know, they knew what they were getting, but they also, they knew that they were going to be able to re-sign him. So I think if they come across a guy like that, that they can re-sign, that is a real needle mover that comes out of the blue, maybe that's a move that, um, that they end up making that people don't expect. <clears throat> But I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're going after one of Pinto or Norris, the Islanders. And I, I and not only from Anthony's words, but I've seen it as well from Panyota, um, Elliot Freeman, others that have all been reporting it, that the Islanders and the Rangers have both been at Senators games. So I, I wonder if uh, I wonder uh, I wonder which one it is that they're really looking at. But I imagine they would take either one. I did wonder about Norris, though. That shoulder injury seems to be a big problem. He's got a big cap hit. I, I get he had that big 35-goal season a couple of years back, and he looked like he was really up on the rise. Um, but that shoulder injury is a big problem. And not only that, but the Islanders, even with that, he's still it's still going to cost them a lot to get him or, or whoever, whatever team for that is, for that matter, for them to get Josh Norris. So I wonder if the Islanders really want to give up the type of assets that it's going to cost for a player with a major shoulder problem. That's going to be an interesting thing. And I think the timing, I'm, I'm going to throw this one at, at, at you, Anthony. Timing of the Islanders trade is going to be interesting because the trade deadline is March 8th. The Islanders have, they're at Detroit. Home for Boston, home for yeah. St. Louis, St. Louis, and on Tuesday. Yeah. But then on Thursday, they're in San Jose. And yeah. generally speaking, I think you try to avoid trying to have 
players travel if anybody is leaving this current roster. So I think if I think if there is no deal by the time that happens, I don't think I think the roster is staying the same. Because I always think about the Mets when they when they went out west and played one game and fired Willie Randolph. That was just classless. But that's back in the day. All right. I don't necessarily agree with that. They could, you know, you could always fly someone into wherever they are. It doesn't. They don't have to make the trade before they go out to San Jose. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if I with that. I mean, my, my <clears throat> again, my thing is is the is the belief. You know, what what the belief is in, in Lou Lamorello and you know on the Islanders being able to make a run. You know, let's face it, they're in the, they're in. I know New Jersey's two points ahead of them, but. They're in the same boat as New Jersey and, and Pittsburgh, and honestly, Washington. Um, they're they're one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. Out of all those bubble teams, I mean, Washington's not going anywhere. I mean, for no. me, if it's any of the teams that are outside of the picture right now, it's. And I know this is kind of obvious, but it's it's either New Jersey, the Islanders. I'm not even going to include Pittsburgh because I don't I don't see Pittsburgh doing it either. Um, I think New Jersey and the Islanders are the only two teams that have a shot on getting hot and making a run. Um, I think, you know, Washington and Pittsburgh are paper tigers, if that's even the proper terminology, being that they're out of a playoff spot. But, um, you know, so, again, it's 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 a matter of can can they make up some points here in the next in the next eight days and try to trim that lead? Um, I know everyone's been waiting for the Flyers to fall off. I mean, they they haven't yet. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's just it's just about trying to bank points. I mean, they, they can't worry about what those other teams are doing. They just have to get on a run. You know, Mark, when you guys went on, I heard you briefly mention they had a big win in Dallas, and that was a huge win. You know, if if but here's the thing, though. They won, but if not, if they go into Detroit and lose, it doesn't matter. What I've said for the last, like, week or so, they have to string together where they win four or five in a row to, to really put them back into contention here. So um, they, they have to, they, they just, they just have to go on a run and, you know, hopefully Tampa or, or Philly, you know, slip up a couple of games and the Islanders can really put some pressure on them. But, um, you know, I guess to wrap it up with a bow. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think Lou Lama, Lou Lamorell is going to make a trade. Um, I don't think, like I said, I don't, I don't, don't think it's going to be for traditional rental, um, I think he wants to he wants to acquire somebody that will enable them to quickly get back in the playoffs next year. Um, and you know the, the the timing of this fellas is interesting. They moved Brock Nelson to the wing, right? And then they move Nelson to the wing, and then they coincidentally are are scouting the Senators a lot. Um, so I, I I do I certainly think they have an interest in in Pinto or or center there. But my thing is, guys, and I, I don't know, I'll get your thoughts on it too. I know they say center ice is one of the most position, important positions in hockey, but you have three centers on a line together, Nelson, Horvat, Barzell. And then if you acquire, let's say you acquire Pinto, um, and then you have Sezikis, who's a center. You just have a boatload of centers, and you know two of them are playing out of position in Barzell and, and Nelson. So I mean, why not just get a wing at that point? Why acquire another center? You know, why why not just leave Nelson where he is and inquire scoring wing? So and I don't I don't understand the rationale there, but um, I think that's I think the plan is to leave Nelson there and try to find another higher end second line center because right now Pajot's 
playing in that second hole. He's more so a number three. Bill, I'll let you uh, have your thought on that one first. Like I said before, Anthony got on Gensel is really the guy that they need. And I've been saying for, for years, the Islanders need a top-end sniper, um, a legitimate top-end sniper. Gensel would be the guy that they need. Obviously, there'd be worries about how is he going to produce away from Crosby outside of Pittsburgh. I, I still think Gensel could be a 30-plus goal guy. I don't know if he's a 45-goal guy without Sidney Crosby, but they, the Islanders still need a guy that scores goals on the wing. And Gensel is a proven playoff scorer, too. He's one of the better playoff goal scorers in recent memory. So uh, that would be the guy that they would really need, but I know that they're not going to get after him or go after him, rather. I, I just don't see them having the assets to get him, and I, I, I don't see Lou Lamorello giving up assets for a player that probably won't commit to re-signing before hitting the market. So, um, yeah, honestly, that's, uh, that's really the one needle mover for the Islanders for me is Gensel. I do have to say this is actually a good point for the Islanders right now because if you're auditioning Brock Nelson to go to wing, maybe that gets you a little bit more of security if you try to re-sign him or get signed to an extension next year because he comes off his he's got one more year on his deal. And if you start thinking maybe if he moves to the wing, then you put Shane Pinto with him. You just got younger and you got another center there. Because Brock Nelson is an interesting uh, is an interesting problem coming up for the Islanders because he's going to be a UFA after next season, and his age, you got to wonder if somebody's going to be the one dumb owner to come out and say seven year deal, and then you're paying him till he's forty, or if he's going to give the Islanders a bit of a hometown discount, which he's done pretty much his entire career. So I don't know, and what's it, what's he going to be worth? I think it's an interesting thing, Anthony. And the other part to say with that is. Every, every every center can't play wing. Every wing can't play the other wing. That's what we all we all kind of think that playing video games growing up. Oh, it's okay. We'll just move uh, move a guy over to wing. It doesn't work like that. So Alexi it's going to be an interesting thing. And if Nelson can adjust, shows it. So, guys, we're going to take a quick message from DraftKings. We have a lot more talk on the Rangers, the Islanders, and the rest of the NHL trade deadline in the bar talk. Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our top, our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. You're so confident that you're buying everybody around. And uh, so, <laughs> so, I'll have a beer. And, oh, God, give me a shot. Or the last one. 
Mark, would I even would, would I be even in, in that trade? No, um, you're you're not. Draft picks and you're not for, with me to get there. You're not. You're not. You're not returning a, a, a filk. You're you're like your your value is like unconditional waivers. <laughs> there have to there have to be a lot more going for filk. I mean, I mean come on. Oh. It have to be like Mark Williams, that Brian Leach jersey in the background, and you a couple boy. other of your memorabilia and a first round pick to return oh. Phil. That's that's more that's You're more awesome. line with what. Oh was. man, because th- after all, th- that's uh, that deal. It's that's fucking embarrassing. That's what it feels like right now. All right, guys. Um. We got the trade deadline coming up, as everybody knows. Look for our Big Apple Hockey trade deadline special. We think we're going to start at noon, but who knows? We might start even earlier. I mentioned before, guys, I had the article on our site. Uh, Does Reunited Feel So Good? Take a look where I examine a bunch of near Rangers that left and came back. Does Reunited Feel So Good? So anyway. uh, Oh, now the spell check goes off. <laughs> that's that's so oh, mean. That's, man. Even my computer is against me. I hope apparently, I might be being hacked right now. So. Sort of like, like <laughs> foreshadowing for what's going on in your life, Mark. <laughs> but uh, let's look at one of the names that's on the Mark. TSN trade board. <laughs> Oh, Let me go with, uh, one of the names is on the TSN trade board. We got a bunch of those guys we're going to be talking about right now, guys. And Pavel Buchnevich, the former Ranger, 47 points this season, 56 games. He spent the first five with the Rangers, and a lot of people really hate that Sammy Blay trade. Phil, I'll start with you. The Rangers will trade. The Rangers should trade away their first round pick for a reunion with Pavel Buchnevich. Will or should? Because should. you have Will down there. I know. I'm fixing that. Should. Uh, I am going to go with a shot here. I, I, I just, yeah, Pavel Buchnevich is great, but I, I think the real problem is 20 and 93. And those two refuse to do anything at 5v5. I don't know if 1996 Yarmir Yager could help those two out at this point. Yikes. Like, I I just don't, like, how it's inexcusable for your number one center to have one even strength goal since Christmas. One. You know who has more even strength goals than him? Morgan Barron. No. Matt Rempe. Or at least the same number. Anthony, what do you think? Oh, that's right. Adam Edstrom. Uh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. So, before before I answer this, just an interesting tweet from Arthur Staple. Um, he's saying that Ducks general manager Pat Verbeek is in the press box today, taking in the Ranger game, um, which is interesting because the Ducks are in San Jose tomorrow, so the Ducks aren't even in the area, and Verbeek's at a Ranger game. So, if you want to connect the dots, as you will, but there's a deal um, happening. There's a deal happening. Look out, everybody. No surprise that, you know, the Rangers have been linked towards, you know, Vetrano and Henrique for that matter. So just keep an eye on that, see what that happens. So that I pass that along. 
No um, state of survival. As for, not dangerous. It's not happening. As for this, um, should. I mean, I, I think he would help a lot. He's a scoring wing. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard specifically linked to the Rangers. I mean, Buchnevich's name has come up a couple lately over the last week or two. Um, but the Blues are in the playoff mix. Uh, not sure if they would actually move him right now. Um, so I mean, I'll, I guess I'll go. I'll go beer because I think he would help the Rangers. I just I don't I don't see that reunion happening. Um, I would you know for me I would say the Rangers are more likely to acquire you know a guy like um, a guy like Vetrano or uh, or Eberle or someone like along those lines more so Buchnevich, but. You know, stranger things have happened, I suppose. After bar talk, we're going to get into who we think is we're going to just the Rangers and the Islanders should go after. So let me first start by saying uh, I'll go beer. Maybe that corrects it. Anthony, I am not a fan of reunions every time. Well, maybe I mean, some reunions (laughs) are fine. As far as the Rangers go, the reunions have not gone well. They really have it. And maybe in the short term, maybe in, but and over the long term, they, they have not gone well at all. So you get Buchnevich back, but are you getting a guy, as Phil said, it matters about Kreider and, and Zibanejad. And yes, they he played great with them, but you look at those 47 points. He's going to power play too. Those points are going down. And, you know, it's, they need to, you can't just give up your first round pick for a guy that's going to have a reduced role like that. So that's that's one thing that goes in there. But, Anthony, one team that has pretty much all their draft picks and a lot of their capital is the Islanders. They're missing three draft picks over the next three years. The Islanders this year should not trade away their first under any circumstances. I mean, you said under any circumstances, so I'll I'll go beer there. Give me the I, mean, I do think they're yeah. – I do think they're <laughs> – I do think that there are instances. I do think there are instances where, if they're getting a player like Shane, like Shane Pinto, um, the first might be might be worth it. Uh, but if it's if it were someone like, like just again like Tarasenko or or Eberle or something like that, absolutely not. But again, you know, if if the player if the player is young slash under team control slash term left, then, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it because, you know, again, uh, I, I'm just going to keep using Shane Pinto as an example here. I mean, if they got example. Shane That's Pinto, yeah, if they got Shane Pinto, he's 23 years old, you know, he's he's got a lot of upside. I mean, what are the chances that whoever they pick this year at, I don't know, let's just say the pick ended up being 12 is better than Shane Pinto. It's certainly possible, but again, you know, he's a guy that that's young and is going to be would be around for a long time. So I'd be okay with it. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll stick with beer just because again, you say under any circumstances, and I think there are some circumstances where you know if that player is going to help him in the future, then so be it. Do it. And I got to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Pete Yar, my former captain with the uh, with uh, the Long Island Storm. Phil, under any circumstances, is Yao under sold on that first round draft pick? Um, under no circumstances should you ever do a Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball impression ever again. 
I'll just start off with that. Um, <laughs> it, this is a beer, I would say. I mean, if the right deal comes along, then yeah, they should move their first round pick. The the, the real question is is that it it should have been, I, I should say, is that would there be a deal that would come along in which the Islanders should trade away their first round pick? So uh, that would have made this a little more, a little bit more, more, yeah, a little bit more interesting, a little more, you know, a little less of a an easier answer. Not really a layup by any means, but it's still pretty much an easy beer for me because I, I it, what happens if they talk to Vancouver and it's about Pedersen? Like, are you you going to tell me that you're not going to? Uh, I, right. I, I get it. Pedersen, There's no way they're trading nope. Connor McDavid for a first round draft pick right now. And Elias Pedersen. Nobody's talking about there. Connor McDavid, though. Elias Pedersen is actually rumored to be available. That's the point. I, I, I don't believe that in any way. I don't. You don't believe okay. that in any way? Yeah, I don't so believe that in any way. He's available right hold now. On, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that you don't think that there's any such sort of turbulence between a player and a team when the player earlier on this season, before this season started, said that he did not want to commit to staying with this team unless they made strides to improve. You're telling me that there's no turbulence between those two. There could be turbulence, but I'm telling you that when it's he's an RFA at the end of the year, the club holds a hammer, they're going to give up a shot at a Stanley Cup right now by giving up Pedersen? You would get more shots at the Stanley Cup in the future. You had a 100-point player. Uh, I, I, I would have I would have loved to have scheduled this question. <laughs> so I got to go back to Anthony on this. Do you really think that that's going to happen? It's not a matter. No, 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 no. Um, it's not a matter of whether it, it is going to happen or not. I'm just saying, what if some sort of deal like that comes along? We don't have to debate whether or not this is not going to happen. I'm not saying it's completely realistic, but the guy is out there. And there are deals that we don't know about that could come along. And once every trade deadline, a deal comes about where a player ends up being moved, and you're like, whoa, did not think that one was coming. They okay, have but but this well, one, this one I highly doubt. No, why would you highly doubt it? I mean, I don't um look, it was it was just just yesterday, right? From Vancouver. Um, Phil, help me out with the pronunciation yeah, of his I name because Rick, Rick, Rick yeah. So he, Mark, he's very connected in Vancouver, and he's the one that said that that basically Pedersen is basically giving the Canucks no inclination that he's that he wants to resign. So um, to me, that that's pretty that's pretty damning. Uh, I mean, will it will it happen now? I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say there's a good chance of it, but if he doesn't if he doesn't sign. This offseason, and he doesn't change his tune. I think he's certainly gonna. You, you have to. You have to move him, and I. I think that will certainly happen in the offseason. I'll, I'll add one thing here, just a small thing about Dollawall. Dollawall is more connected to the Canucks than Dreger or anyone else in the media himself. Like Dollawall is basically the uh, the Vancouver Canucks version of Larry Brooks. Like he's got the connections there. So if Dollawall is reporting this, there's some serious smoke and likely fire from where he's getting this from. That's not good for Vancouver. I'll tell you that right now. 
okay. But well, my point I'll, is, I'll, I'll also go ahead. I'll I'll also say this about Pedersen. I think if if Vancouver moved him, they finally took a lot of steps forward. I think they want to. I think they want to win now. So my inclination is if they trade Pedersen, um, I don't think it's going to be for like picks and prospects. No, and I, I know this isn't happening. I'm just using. I'm just going to throw out a name just so you can see where I'm going with it. I think they would prefer to like move him to for like Mitch Marner, like a like a, a, a hot, also an elite forward, so they can take that player get plugged in and they don't have to take a step back in any sort of manner. They're looking for um, easy for hoses. That would be my guess. I, I don't know if my eyebrow could go up high enough. Yeah, they're looking for Heatley for Hosa. They might end up getting a Huberdo for uh, fucking you Chuck. Smell what the mark is cooking. Like, I mean, if you're Vancouver <laughs> doing this over the next nine days, that would be just suicide. Absolute suit. You you might as well just tell your fans, hey guys, don't worry about it. We're uh, tied for the best record in the league. Might as well go home. Like that, there's no way I could see. It, I I think it happens in the off season too. But I mean, but I'll tell you this right now. If they get an if they get a deal by this deadline, where a team comes up to them out of the blue and says, hey, you know what? We're going to overpay you even more so that we get him for this playoff run and can start working on negotiations sooner as opposed to later, I, I wouldn't totally shock me if he's gone, especially if he doesn't want to be there. I mean, this is, a, this is someone who has voiced his displeasure with this organization in the past. And you know what? He said, uh, you know, if they get better, maybe I'll stay. He still doesn't seem happy, so I don't think it's it, it ever was about them getting better. It was about I just want out, and he didn't want to say it and and be the villain and a distraction, even though he already kind of was in a way. Yeah, I mean, guys, that's that that just put a nuke into the middle of this rundown. I would have gladly have talked about that. Instead, I have some other topics. Same with the trade deadline. Let's look at a rarity that there are goaltenders that are that could be had. At number 50 on the TSN trade bait board, UC Soros. He's got one year remaining on his deal, but they're in playoff position. The team kind of right behind them, chasing them, the Calgary Flames, Jacob Markstrom, who's got two years remaining on his deal. And both those guys are connected to the Jersey Devils and rumors. The Devils will acquire a marquee starting goalie at the deadline. Filk. My, my head's still blown away from the Patterson conversation. Um, I'm torn between beer and shot here because I, I think if it would have happened with Markstrom, I think it would have happened already. And then not that it can't happen. Obviously, there's still a week and change. But I, I, I do think that it would have happened already. And I think that Jersey would have had to act on it really to save their season sooner than later. You, you got to remember, they they are falling quickly. I mean, they needed that win last night against San Jose. If they didn't win last night, I, I, I would have said, you know what, stick a fork in that team. Because if you, you come out in that desperate of a situation and lose to a team like San Jose, you don't deserve to be making the playoffs. You really don't. It doesn't matter what happens towards the end of the season. But I, I, I'll say this. I don't see Saros going anywhere. 
And Ranger fans have been all over my Twitter, have been in this stream asking for guys like Jakob Trenin and Tommy Novak and, and so on for a month or two now. And I've been saying consistently, they're not going to fall out of the race. They're not going to deal those guys off. They're not going to be sellers. They're going to be buyers. So unless they come to a fallout with Soros, I don't see him being moved because I, I think they would I think they value the playoff run more than they do valuing whatever magic beans they're going to get back for Soros at this point. And goaltending markets are so volatile. They're the hardest to predict. And you never know what you're going to get for a starting goaltender. Soros is great, don't get me wrong. But I, I think Nashville values that playoff run and getting into the playoffs more. And, and they don't want to send that bad message to that team. So I, I you know what? I'm going to go shop. I'm going to go shop. Oh, all right. No, I don't think either of them is going to happen now at this point. I think the Devils' only chance is Markstrom because Calgary, you know, is going to be selling off Jonathan. So they're going to probably have to sell off Markstrom. So I, I, I think their only chance is really Markstrom. And you know what? They may have to go back to Calgary and say, you know what? We messed up. We'll pay your price. And that may, that might be what gets the deal done for them. Anthony, what do you think? Um, I'm not going to say shot. I think I don't think they're going to move Saros at this point. I think, I think yes, eventually with Askarov coming up and how good he's been in the AHL. Yeah, um, and even in his the brief in the brief games he's played for Nashville, um, I think he is going to take over eventually. But I don't see it happening now. I mean, the the Predators are five points up um in a wild card spot over the next team. So I think they're gonna stick with Saros and like you said, maybe deal him in the offseason. Um and as for Markstrom, I mean yeah, the Devils might circle back, but I think I think it would have already happened already. Um but if they are to get a goalie, I think it would clearly be him. But I uh I gotta run, I gotta go pick up Ella. So all I'll right. Take guys. it easy. Aunt. Take care, Ed. All right. Uh so let me uh let me get us back to our two person camera right here. Yeah, uh, we'll try to speed this up a little bit, guys. I I am not a big believer in uh in that goalies get traded at the deadline anymore. It's just it hasn't been a pattern for a long time. I mean, I remember when was it the Capitals that got Halak? The Capitals traded Halak. It, it went Halak went from Buffalo to the Capitals. I forget which order, but it didn't make a damn bit of difference. Goalies need time to get the use of the system and their defense. They need to know where the puck is going to be. I'm going shot on this. There's no chance. And if they do get him, Markstrom would be an interesting thing only because if the Devils don't make it and it doesn't and he doesn't blend well, at least he's got two more years on his deal. Uh, I don't. I just wish they we can know what goalie that they're getting. Going over to the Pittsburgh Penguins, where Jake Gensel is number four on the TSN trade bait board. And he is going to be a UFA at the end of the deal. At the end of this year, I should say. Bilk, if he is going to get traded, Edmonton is a an, an ideal landing spot for Jake Gensel. Oh, yeah. This is a layup. I just... Yeah. Get, get the gift. Yeah. So, it... it, it you, you put... You put Jake Gensel with Connor McDavid. That'd be that'd be ridiculous. That'd probably be 
outside of Leon Dreisaitl, who's really supposed to be their other center, their other top six center, that would be the best winger that Connor McDavid's ever had. Yeah, get yeah. get the hoop. Get the damn hoop, Mark. Get the damn hoop. We got the hoop right here. Yeah, we got the hoop. There's the layup. <laughs> and you, you, we, they should have given you the Blake Griffin jersey, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I, you know what? I, I got to highlight this comment from Mr. Sebastian. Why can I see Vegas getting him, manipulating the cap once again, and then getting Jake Gensel, and then going and making another run and getting back to the final? Why can I see that in my head? Because you know why, Phil? Do you know why? Because that's my answer. I think Vegas might be the best spot for him. I am going to put beer because obviously you're going to put him with Connor McDavid. He already knows how to play with a superstar. That's almost, that's an advantage right there for him. But this is going to be, if he goes to Vegas, then you, that just gets them another scoring winger. And they're going to be interesting. Because they have so many, they have so much assets. That would be another one. Jay, don't worry. We're going to be talking a lot about the trade deadline uh, questions at the end. Again, I wish we had Anthony for that, but we're going to lose him. Uh, well, we actually, we already lost him right now. Phil, let's all look over. Vegas is a uh, firestorm. is saying Vegas is a gambling city. And you know, all the money circumvents rules. Yes. Uh, look at the Western standings. Speaking of Vegas and uh, Vancouver and everybody there, Vancouver 83, and then the three central teams, Winnipeg, Dallas, and Colorado, all within shouting distance within six points of them. Dallas is the Western Conference team that needs to make a big move. Uh, I'm going to have to go beer here um what big move did they make though that's the thing like they're already super deep that's my issue with this question they're they're incredibly deep and i i said at the start of the season that their top nine after the duchene signing and getting craig smith crazy enough their top nine might be the best top nine in the entire nhl so uh they they have some great players up and down their lineup. They're they, actually their forward unit overall, maybe the best forward unit in the entire NHL. I could, I could, yeah, I'm with Firestorm on this. I could easily see them getting to the finals. I could see the Western Finals being Dallas and and Vegas. I, Vancouver's great, but do do you think that Vancouver would really last against a team like Vegas or or Dallas? I have questions about that. And. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Bailey here. I I think maybe the move would would be Tanev, but is, is that a big move? See, that's where I think the wording on that gets interesting. On that, is Tanev in there? He's listed as number three on the trade bait board. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess for the deadline, I guess then you can consider that a big move but overall i mean he's really kind of like a second pairing defenseman you know if you have him in in a top pairing role I, I don't know how good your defense really is at that point i mean he's reliable defensively but he doesn't really give you much offensively and he's hurt quite a bit so i i, I guess in terms of defensemen really the big move is happening yeah that's and... a big move 
I keep going back over and over again, trying to figure out the landing spot for Hannafin. I think they could probably use a boost on D. That would be the big move. So I don't think Dallas really needs Hannafin, though. But it's yeah, Canada but that's is just more it. what they need. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go shot. I think they're the deepest team in the West. Uh, myself, uh, but you know. Man, if they they're 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 that team that I'm I'm kind of interested in what they're doing. We're gonna get to who the most int- intriguing team is gonna be at the trade deadline in just a moment. But uh, Phil, I'm gonna I had one for Winnipeg and their season ticket uh, subscriptions, but we're gonna do close out and because let's get to the other topic on this, Phil. I know you've heard me talk about this in Game Five of the Rangers Devil Series. They got outshot 20 to two. And I said, the team quit. Well, that's 20 to two. Last night, the Ottawa Senators got outshot 19 to nothing by the National Predators. Ottawa seriously needs to shake up their core. I'm going to start this one, Philk. Yep. They got to look at what they got. Obviously, you're not trading Stutzla and you're not trading, uh, and you're not trading, um, Brady Kachuk. But they got everybody signed for like the rest of time. And you put up an effort like that after you already got your coach fired. Phil, this they they got to identify what players to keep and what to get rid of. And they got to do it quick because otherwise that team is going to be in last place again next year. Yeah. I I I mean I, I think there is a shakeup coming. I, I think there's going to be a major name move that I, I by major I'm not talking about Shane Pinto. I'm talking about somebody else. I think Jacob Chikrin will probably end up being moved, if not by this deadline this offseason. I don't think Thomas Shabbat is going anywhere because I don't think anybody's gonna go anybody's gonna want eight million for Shabbat. Shabbat's not bad, but he's not worth eight million right now at this point. Josh Norris would be a big a big shakeup. But again, shoulder issues, $7.95 million cap hit for shoulder issues is, is not a good thing. Uh, I don't think Claude Giroux would go anywhere unless there's an overpayment for him. I think he actually wants to be there because it's close to home for him. Vladimir Tarasenko is probably gone, but that's a rental. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go around on this. I do think they need to shake up their core. You can't help but look at that roster and go, look at that roster. How are they that bad? 19 to nothing. And it's not like this isn't last year's Nashville or Nashville in previous years. They're more of an offensive team. 19 to nothing in the third period. That team quit. It's just that simple. All right. So we're going to close out and say thank you very much to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. We gauge our confidence on angel topics based on our choice of drink. But let's go. Let's do some deadline talk. Philk, I want to know what your scenario is. You're Chris Drury. So you have all the assets available to Chris Drury. What player or players, let me uh, fix that for you, do you want to see the Rangers go get, reasonably speaking? I would would want two players right now, right off the top of my head, that I really think can help turn this – team around i would want yanni gord and i would want frank Bertrand. you need speed you need grit you need tenacity you need defensive play you need um 
needing help on the wings, shooting, scoring. Those guys check all the boxes for what the Rangers need. The guys that I looked at, and I kind of went bargaining basement shopping because I'm cautious on the Rangers trading way to the first round draft pick. I they don't Fair. have they 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 don't have uh, a lot of their draft picks are all gone. I have three players, and I need you to kind of say I'm an idiot with one of these, so I know that I'm foolish. You get Nick Dow at the center of the third line. And now you increase your defensive um, game as well as you put him with Kako, you put him with Cooley. That's a line I don't want to go up against. I also think Kako would help out. And now, now that's your matchup line. So that's for, for starters. For defense, you get Eric Johnson because he'll come at the cheap. He can play both of them. He's got Stanley Cup experience. Is he? He's on the back nine. I know, and I've never been an Eric Johnson fan, but he's a UFA. Right now he's on the the TSN uh, trade talk board at number 33. So that Buffalo means you're better be retaining cap on that because that, that's not going to work. Yeah, Buffalo would – well, yeah, I still think you could get him on the cheap. So that leaves – that basically takes away – most of the salary cap the Rangers have, they have, I think, about another uh, $2 million remaining on the deadline cap. Then you can try to take a swing at a guy who plays well under pressure, whether it's the World Juniors or the playoffs, and we've seen him do it in New York, and that's Jordan Everly, because then he'll facilitate that top line. That's what I would try to do, and that's where you could actually start to entertain the idea of maybe – Trading Barkley Goudreau to get that contract off the books. And you could throw in uh, a first, maybe next year or this year. Doesn't have to be one of those. Looking over to the Islanders, Phil, what players do you think you would trade for if you're them? That'll help. Gensel's my guy, but I, I know that's not going to happen. I, I just think that they need Gensel. I, 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 that's that's really the needle mover for me. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I think realistically, I think you could see a Jordan Everly reunion. I, I do think that that's somebody that they would probably be comfortable with bringing back. Um, Lou likes familiarity with players. And that's why I'm kind of surprised that he'd be dismissive of Adam Henrique, especially being that he's very familiar. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the UFA status. Right, I, yeah, the, UFA yeah. status maybe is probably what's really what's adding to it. Um, yeah, music's uh, – they they would have to retain on board. Uh, but let me get back to the Islanders here, but I just want to address that comment real quick. Um, the other guy – for me, for the Islanders, would be Chris Tanev. Mm -hmm. And I, I like I like Tanev because I even though he kind of adds to their injury list, the Islanders need guys that are solid defensively. And Chris Tanev, I mean, he can play. I mean, he's right side, which they already have a glut of. But, I mean, I would be more than okay with moving Mayfield to the other side at this point and seeing what he can do on the left-hand side. 
I, I, I like, and Eric Johnson for me would actually not be a bad ad for the Islanders because they need, they need a, oh, he's also a right-handed shot, but I, I, I really think Tanev would be a guy that I would, I would move things around for if I was the Islanders. I would, I would, with, with him, I think you get him and you solidify your right side and you have three solid right-hand shot defensemen at that point between, uh, you know, Pollock, Dobson, and Tanev. And with Mayfield's struggles this year, move him to the other side, put him with someone like Tanev or something like that and see what he can do at this point. Because – if, if you're not going to be able to salvage Mayfield at the right-hand side and he can't give you reliable minutes on his regular side, why not bring in somebody that can maybe help improve him? Now, all right. I, I, there's, I actually do think if they go get Frank Vetrano, it's more than just this year. That's why I think it's okay for the Islanders to go get Frank Vetrano. If they go for a lower-cost option, because I don't think he's going to break the bank again, you trade a first for Vladimir Tarasenko, you're out of your mind right now. Uh, we'll I, would, I would not. Yeah. So I think you could get Tarasenko as a rental, help you try to make the playoffs. He's been he's been linked to coming to the Islanders, which also uh, he's going to be an answer in a future question for me in a minute. But um, the uh, it's one of those things, Phil. I think if the Islanders went and they got Vetrano, I think he fits into their plans for next year. That's okay. And uh, you know who I could like... see off the board, a little off the radar, not really mentioned, not really linked to the Islanders, but he's a left shot defenseman. And his name has been in the rumor mill a little bit. It's Mario Ferraro on San Jose. Yeah. That's somebody who I think that, I mean, he's got an affordable cap hit over the next few years. And Anthony was saying that, you know, Lou doesn't like, you know, trading for rentals, like pure rentals. Mario Ferraro could be somebody that could be on their radar then at that point. I mean, he's he's a left shot, the left side defenseman, left shot. Um, you know, he's not going to put up a ton of points, but he's going to come in and he's going to give you solid defense. And he's probably capable of taking top four minutes on a championship team or, or at least a cup contender. So and that, for me, I think would probably be a real good fit for the Islanders. Mario Ferraro, two more years on his current deal, 3.25. Yeah. That's a great number for Lou. He should go get it. Bilk, what under-the-radar player do you think will have the biggest impact? Under-the-radar. Oh, God. Like, I know we're all talking about Adam Henrique, Jake Gensel, Tanev, but what about a Scott Lawton? What about a Sean Walker? Go on from there. I think Sean Walker is actually a really good one. If it, I, I, but then again, I I don't know if Philadelphia moves him right now. The 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 talk about moving him was when they were kind of still not in a playoff spot, fighting for it. I don't know if they want to do that right now. I don't know if Tortorella would even allow the general manager to go and do that. I think it would cause a big fight. Um, I I would have said Trennan or Novak from Nashville. But those guys aren't going to be dealt. I don't think. I don't. I don't see them moving. Um, maybe 
maybe somebody like Anthony Manta if Washington decides to move Manta because nobody's really talking about him. Maybe that – I mean, he's not necessarily an under-the-radar type name. Like, if you're looking for a guy that's not like a, a, a big name, I would say maybe somebody like Barabanov in San Jose or Mario mm-hmm. Ferraro. I think if those guys are moved, I think those guys can end up contributing quite a bit to a team. Um, Tyler Johnson, uh, Mr. Fantastic brings up Tyler Johnson. Uh, I mean, that's a name value guy because he's not really anything more than a name anymore. Like, he's just he's not really – Yeah, the guy there. that – the guy that uh, the Rangers faced in 2015 is gone. That guy is not coming back. So I guess my guy, uh, I, I had the name on there. And then, I mean, Joel Edmondson, that's intriguing to me. Obviously, Nick Dowd, we said that. But yeah, I always like the defenseman first at the trade deadline and death forwards. That's what everybody's always trying to get. I know the first thing out of everybody's mouth, you might want to say for the Coyotes, it's going to be Jason Zucker. You look at Matt Dumba because then you get a team that, you know, I know, but he was a, he was, he was, he had talent as a power play quarterback. Think about like when the Rangers in 2011 rolled the dice and got production out of Brian McCabe before he retired. It could be like one of those situations. It's it's different because Dumba, Dumba's had one really good year offensively. And the rest of his career is just kind of mad. Like, he has not been good offensively for six seasons now. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six. His last six seasons, he has not had the offense. So, and he's not really a good defensive defenseman either. Like, this is not somebody you're, you're putting up against top uh, offensive units to try to shut them down. I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't – I'm really not sold on Matt Dumba making a big impact. And at, what, $3.9 million, I think his cap hit is? Uh, I yeah, I had that one for you. Yeah, it was, three, uh... it's $3.9 million for this year. So, I mean, any any team that trades for him, Arizona is going to have to take retention. So, does Arizona want to waste a retention spot on – Matt Dumba, who a lot of teams aren't really going to be giving up a lot for anyway, as opposed to maybe somebody like Jason Zucker, if they do retain on, could really get them a haul uh, or, or at least a good return. I, I don't think so. That's just- know, it's going to be a curious thing what Arizona does. Uh, they would be in, among my intriguing teams. But first, before we get to that question, Phil, what player will be moved that will make little to no impact on the next team that gets them? Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you right now. It's Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, sorry, uh, he didn't impress me with the Rangers last year, and then just the eye test this year, 15 goals. That guy that won the Stanley Cup with the with the St. Louis Blues is not walking through that door. So if you think you're getting Vladimir Tarasenko, the 87 point scorer from two seasons ago, you're not. Uh, and it's no disrespect to Vladimir Tarasenko. I'll take him on my team any day of the week, but it's going to have to come at a cheaper cost. And I just think he's going to, I hope he finds the right situation. He's a good player overall, but I don't think he's going to be that great for wherever he goes. Uh, I w- I was going to say Parasenko as well. I'll say somebody different for the, for the sake of it. I- I'm going to go Anthony Duclair. Ooh. And I, I like Anthony Duclair, but 
something about his game, it just doesn't translate for me in the playoffs. It doesn't seem like that type of guy. And I, listen, he may score a couple of goals here or there, but I just don't think that he's the type of – I don't I, – one, I just don't think he's a needle mover. Uh, I think that he has good speed, but I don't think he's really a complete offensive player at this point. Like if the Rangers ended up with him as their option, I really wouldn't be too happy with that just because of the fact that I don't think that he's really an answer for a team that's looking for a top line. Like like uh, the, the way that he could work for a team is if he's brought in to be a middle six wing. Yeah. And if he's like the number three right winger on the team and he just brought into to and he's got a he's got a good set of line mates, a good center, a good left wing. Like and somebody that falls, can get him the puck. Yeah. If he falls into like a Gord Coleman Goudreau type line situation for Tampa and those two championship years, that's where I think he could be most effective. But I don't think he's gonna fall into that. I think a team is gonna trade for him to be a top six winger. And I, I don't think that he's going to, he's going to be worth the return in the end. I, I don't think he's going to make that big of an impact. I'm curious on, on Duclair and on Tarasenko on this. I thought Tarasenko, I think is a power play guy. And I think Anthony Duclair is a power play two guy, but neither one of those guys penalty kill. And usually that's what you're looking for at the deadline. You're looking for help defensively and you're in your bottom six. So again, I, I, I kind of have my question on that. Phil, there is a lot of teams, though, and we're going to get to your comments in a second, guys. And we got eight minutes before the game. But uh, it, who is the most intriguing team to you at this deadline? Oh, wow. Um, I know the Rangers are going to be aggressive. So they're, that to me, that's not really intriguing. I know the Islanders are going to be cautious. They're going to kind of just – get their foot in a little bit. They'll maybe make a trade if they could find somebody with term. Uh, not really intriguing to me. I would say for me, it's either Detroit or I would maybe even say Nashville because I want to see how aggressive Nashville gets. And I want to see how aggressive Detroit gets because Detroit, everybody's been saying, Oh, they're not going to make playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. And people are saying, Oh, Eisenman's not going to give up much for the future and stuff. They, they seem like they're a couple of pieces away from winning maybe a playoff round or two. Like they could, they seem like they could be that team that makes an unexpected run if the goaltending holds up. So, for me, I, I I look at Detroit and then I, I look at Nashville in, in the West just because I, I I think Nashville is probably going to go make a couple of moves that are going to shock everybody. I think there's there's so many intriguing teams right now, Phil. I'm gonna go with mine. I'm happy you didn't say it. Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champs, have Six million dollars of cap space at the deadline, and they have all but two of their picks in the next three years. This team can actually put together some scratch and then uh and go out and make a big addition 
like a Jake Gensel, like, and not miss a beat or even get better. I mean, that, the, the Golden Knights right now, they're intriguing to me. What does Edmonton do? Because I keep saying the clock is ticking on Edmonton. They got one more year of dry sidle on their contract. And uh, I got to check on McDavid. I think he's got two. But it's like how many times can Edmonton just run it back out there and and hope for the same issue before they have to seriously reconsider what their plan is? Because after all, Phil, I'll bring this to you all the time. The Mighty Ducks had Korean Solani, who was one of the best duos in hockey history. Neither one played a Stanley Cup final game with each other. Uh, Korean 03, no Solani, and Solani in 07, and they won the Cup. So, but, I mean, th- those are two intriguing game teams. Ottawa's got to do something. The, the Ottawa, I, I, I know I'm going to get yelled at by, by Senators fans, but Ottawa's got to shake up a lot of their core, and they're going to try to do it in the offseason. Start doing it now. That get, that that effort last night was pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic. So start looking at that. Obviously, the Rangers, Carolina is an interesting one too. What does Carolina do? And if Pete's in the chat, he'll answer that for me in a minute because I don't think he could just get another goaltender. And it doesn't look like Freddie Anderson. It still looks like he's having issues. And is Pyotr Kochekov the guy there? That's that's another question. Florida doesn't have as much assets. But right now they're ascending. This is the time for Florida to go for it. So, and then what does Boston have left to do? There is, there's a lot of good intriguing teams. Boston, there's no top six center available for them. Yeah. And we've been saying that's their top six center all along. Let's get to some of your comments, guys. See what you think. We got a few more minutes before the game starts. Um, Christy is saying Tarasenko probably goes to the Kings. Tampa is intriguing because of their cap situation and after. Yeah, um, and you know what? And it's easy to forget about that. So, um, and thank you, whoever Facebook user is. I, I can't, we can't see the name there. My apologies, but uh, thank you for that comment. We appreciate that. But I, I'm I'm with JE on um, on Tampa. Uh, I, I I think that that's a, that's a great comment there that they're interesting yeah. because of Sergeyev. And Tampa Bay can come in and make another move. And they have – Sergeyev has a, a big, big cap hit after he got that new deal. So um, he can – they can go and, and make moves. Like, they could go get a Noah Hannafin if they want. But the only problem is where are their assets? They do not have a lot of great talent on this team anymore, like uh, in, in their system. Like, who, who are their top prospects? Like, are, are they going to deal? I don't know. Boris Kachuk is gone. Taylor Radish is gone. Uh, I mean, they have Darren Radish, who was in, in, in the Rangers system at one point. But who, who are they dealing to, to get anybody at this point? That That's the issue because the Janot trade hurt them so bad. So you have you have Tanner Janot on IR. Then you have Mikhail Sergachev on LTIR, and that's $8.5 million. So they have room to to work with. It's just I I don't know what assets they have to make that big deal. I I have to agree with that 100. percent And I mean the you you got to think that uh, uh, Julian Breesbrough has got like 
pictures on people because he's got three seventh round picks, two seventh round picks next year. And, but he's missing a first this year, a first next year, a second rounder this year and a fourth rounder, a third rounder and a fifth rounder. Is not going to get you much? And their prospect pool is really getting thin Philk. I like, by the way, what, what Firestorm's saying right here, Nashville gets Pedersen and she's calling it right now. Uh, but that would be in the off season. And I can actually see a situation that you can center that around. Yeah, but wait, but, wait, but how? I was going to say that they'd centered around um, maybe uh, Askarov going there, but they got Thatcher Demko. Uh, I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I, I wonder what, because I, I think Anthony may be right. I think if they deal Pedersen, I think they're going to want like, so I, I think they're looking for Hosa for Heatley. That's yes. what I, I think they're looking for. And I don't know if Nashville really has that. I mean, Forsberg is older. He's 29 as opposed to 25 with Pedersen. But like, really, what are they? What are they giving up? Like, I I don't like Roman Yossi. I mean, he he's great, but he's 33 years old. So like, that's not really going to be something that you know. I, he's going to be 34 by you know by the end of the the postseason. He turns 34 in June. So I don't know really what makes things work for Pedersen for Nashville. Um, I, I I I would Anthony Andy Fiscanti. I wouldn't say that Pedersen's not getting moved, but I would say that it not might right not now. be not not right now. But off season may, might happen. But we got to start packing this up because the game's going to be on in a little bit. Yeah, so guys, we're gonna pack all this is this is great. We would would love to have kept this going for a lot longer, guys, but we have to we have to kind of pack it in. So I'll leave you with this, Philk. Music is asking, what's your score prediction for tonight's? I want to see something like five one or five nothing, but I, I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh I'll I'll go with like four two Rangers. Uh, by the way, let's go. This is my first time seeing you. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm actually, there are teams that just give you fits. And the Rangers won two and uh, one and two against uh, against Columbus. They're just, I, Matt, thank you very much. And thank you as always. John D. Lee, always great to hear from him. But um, I'm actually going to say it's going to be a higher scoring effort unless Sisterkin, you have to hand one thing to him. I'm going to tweet about this tomorrow. I'm going to go with what John Radigan says right here. I think this is where they do struggle a little bit defensively against them. I think Sisterkin bails them out. He has been exceptional in the month of February. Sisterkin right now has got a uh, 9.51 save percentage in the month. As much as I want to say how bad he was in January – he is rebounding and rebounding well. Uh, when the month closes out, I'm actually going to talk about that and tweet and in an article, is he doing what he did last year when he was over a 930 save percentage after a very bad month of February? If he's doing that, the Rangers have a lot to do, a, a, a lot going on. But, um, you know, I, I think the Rangers handled them tonight, but I think it's because Sisterkin bails them out. And I think their power play cashes in and Nashville finally remembers. I'm oh, sorry, Columbus, I mean. That they're Columbus. 
that that is one of the places I promised I was going to take my fiance because they have a civil war cannon that goes off when goals are scored. So I can't wait to see that. All right. <laughs> Possibly. Um, guys, thank you very much. We're going to cut the stream right there. Everybody go enjoy the Ranger game that's coming on right now. It's in pregame. And uh, we got our trade deadline special, which is always a huge event for us. Phil, do you think it's going to be as entertaining as the one me and you did or the one that was as boring as me and Anthony did last year? Uh, I hope it's as entertaining as the one that we did. That was a great one. So That let, was let's a hope, great one. Yeah, let's hope that the deals all don't happen the day before and then we're, we're screwed on deals. You know? Yeah. Well, still, by the way, still would have liked to have seen a few more goals out of Pat Verbeek in uh, – 95 96 so that way he could have gotten to 50 and that would have been the greatest span i would have liked that they would have re-signed him that was it too because that they struggled getting that but you get the great one he goes on to win a cup with um dallas uh with the dallas stars andy the trade deadline is next friday not not two days from now one after that so we got another trade deadline special coming up guys again thank you very much Wish I was playing bye-bye for you right now for my cousin Phil, who was right now laughing it up with my dad and uh, my cousin Roddy, too. So, guys, thank you very much, and take care. Phil, say the last three words that you always like to say. Let's go, Rangers.